The word but usually precedes any new ground a voice tries to conquer. But I've been singing this way for so long. But I've been speaking this way all my life. Ha, I got news for you. Even you can change. Let's talk about why it's so hard and how even you can do it. Hello, this is Judy Rodman. You're listening to All Things Vocal Podcast. This is the audio version of the blog you can find at judyrodman.com. Habits are incredibly important. Habit puts action on automatic so the brain doesn't have to consciously take the steps to complete the action in manual mode. Because of that, it's harder to unlearn something than it is to learn it from scratch correctly. And because of that, voices that have experience can have more trouble learning new vocal technique than absolute beginners. If you have one of those voices with lots of stage or studio experience, but you're afraid of or having trouble with learning something new, there are two things you really need to know. One, you are not dumb. When I walk you through the reasons retraining is hard, you'll realize it's not your IQ holding you back, and you'll laugh at yourself and stop beating yourself up. Number two, you are not hopeless. You, yes, even you, can absolutely learn new vocal techniques. I have successfully taught many stage and studio veterans techniques that solved frustrating issues and limitations, some with even physician-diagnosed damage to their vocal cords, some frozen with doubt that they could ever get better. It's true, old habits are hard to break, but knowing why helps us break them and trade them for better new ones. Okay, so let's talk about the two biggest reasons, physical and psychological, that retraining the voice can be so freaking hard, because knowledge is power. Number one, physical. You've paved some myelin sheath highways. You probably didn't know that. We often speak of muscle memory, but actually muscles really don't have memory. It's your nervous system that remembers aided by the creation of something called myelin sheath highways. My sister Pam Hubbard was the first person to introduce me to myelin as we were talking about how nerves work some years ago. I've since researched it more, and I hope you find the following as fascinating as I do. Myelin is a white, fatty substance that serves as insulation for your nerves. According to Courtney Sperlaza, MPH, a covering or sheath of myelin insulates the neuron, protects the axon, and directs the nerve's impulse to where it's supposed to go. We want to keep this sheath healthy. It's good to know that the same things that support healthy myelin also support your vocal health. You read more from Spalaza's article about 12 ways to support your myelin, and I'll put a link to that in the podcast notes. According to another article by Jason Shen, when we repeat something or practice a few times, we trigger a pattern of electrical signals through our neurons. Over time, that triggers the glial cell duo to myelinate those axons, increasing the speed and strength of the signal, kind of like going from dial-up to broadband. 
So in other words, we put the action on automatic, creating a habit. That's good if that habit is the most efficient way to get the results that we want. If there's a better way, that's bad because we have to replace our old highways to build new ones. Building new myelin sheath highways is a two-step process. First, we have to go on manual again, firing our neuron impulses in an unfamiliar, non-automated way. So raise a glass to slow, deliberate practice that feels weird. Then we have to tear down the old highways which tempt us with familiarity. We do that simply by not going down those old highways. According to an article at FebFast, due to the brain's plasticity, based on the principle of if you don't use it, you lose it, when you change a behavior that builds a new neuronal pathway, eventually the old pathway gets pruned back to disuse. Now raise a glass to distrusting what feels normal until the new highway turns the new way into your new normal. The takeaway here is this. To physically change how you habitually sing so you don't have to think about it in performance, practice as perfectly as you can. Make sure you know what to practice and how to practice. In the podcast notes, I'll put a link to a great TED-Ed video about how to practice effectively. Let's go on to the second reason that changing your vocal habits is so freaking hard. It's psychological. You're scared and frozen. You may fear that if you change your vocal technique, your changed voice will lose some kind of uniqueness and that won't work for your career. Nope. Your voice will do just what you want it to, easier, healthier, and even get a better response. You may fear that you aren't coordinated or smart or focused enough so that you can't do it. Nope. Your fear may be freezing you and sabotaging your progress. You need to find a learning situation that you can trust. Be willing to suck for a while and let go of beating your voice up. When you let go, your voice will be able to relax, explore, and find its better way so much faster. Again, here is where understanding goes a long way in busting the blocks to your progress. Especially if you use your voice for a vocal career, you are going to be resistant to change. But I have tons of experience with veteran voices and career music makers that prove you can do it. Let me share a few success stories. The first story I want to tell you is about Ronnie Henson. Ronnie is a veteran gospel singer and hit songwriter. He was having some vocal trouble and his wife, Lisa, who was my student, talked him into coming in for some lessons with me. I had a sneaking suspicion after listening to him that he could have some serious vocal cord issues. So I sent him to a laryngologist at a renowned voice clinic. The laryngoscopy revealed a polyp so large, the doctor diagnosed it as inoperable. He literally told Ronnie that he needed to get another line of work. Ronnie and Lisa prayed about it and both felt that contrary to that doctor's advice, he should keep on performing. So he did, but he faithfully used his new training. 
reinforced by Lisa's silent signals to him to pull if he pushed his voice in performance. Within two years, his changed habits took so much pressure off his cords that they healed. His polyp had not just shrunk, it was no longer visible on the new laryngoscope photo taken at the same clinic. Ronnie, Lisa, and I are all grateful to God because that missing polyp is nothing short of miraculous. My next story is about John Fratasio. John is a veteran, singer, guitarist, performer who used to play over 300 days a year, and he developed a vocal scar from an endotracheal tube inserted during a serious illness. He could no longer sing, and his speaking voice was strained and full of uncontrollable raspiness. His brother talked him into trying a lesson with me, but he had serious doubts that his voice could get better. The difference he felt after that first lesson gave him hope, and so he committed to the training. He continues to gain range, freedom from strain, control, and richer tone as we work online each week. He recently performed with another professional musician he used to work with, and he was even able to sing some harmony in his head voice. He's carefully but confidently finding his voice again. And all his friends are talking about the improvement they hear in his speaking voice. My next story is about Casey Musgraves. When she came in for her first lesson, it was because she wanted to go farther than where she was. She had a little vocal tightness going on and therefore a slight limitation to what she wanted to do. She was so happy with the results of our vocal training, she came back in to tweak her control for her upcoming Country Crossroads performance with Katy Perry. And she also had me work with her band on their backgrounds for her Golden Hour World Tour. Just because you're good doesn't mean you can't even be better. And the best among us continue to want to grow. The last story I want to tell you is actually of a musician, not a singer, but it illustrates a point I want to make. A very dear friend of mine, Larry London, was a legendary drummer. Larry played on hits for Motown, became the top session drummer in Nashville. I'm proud to say he played on some of my records as well. And he also played live on some major tours. When he was diagnosed with a terminal heart condition, this master musician decided to take lessons the last year of his life from a classical percussionist. What was he learning? He said, get this, how to hit the drum head. He wanted to get back to the very basics of how you ask the drum to sound. With that kind of professional humility, curiosity, and informed practice, we can set the voice free to learn deeper things too. And dear friends, it's never too late to get better at what you love. Here are a couple more thoughts I have for you. First, bring joyful determination to careful practice, best with the help of an intuitive coach, and you can overcome fear and doubt to create physical habits that will take your voice where it's never been before. I know with the help of my coach, Gerald Arthur, I was able to recover my own voice from significant damage. Next thought, don't try to practice everything at once. Focus on your most important one thing to work on. I love this quote attributed to Bruce Lee. He says, I fear not the man who has practiced 10,000 kicks once. 
but I fear the man who has practiced one kick 10,000 times. And my last thought, you don't need to do it alone. If you'd like some help for your singing or speaking voice, hit me up. I'd love to help you surprise the heck out of your voice. (laughs) This is Judy Rodman. You can always find me at judyrodman.com. Thanks for joining me today. Please leave a review if you possibly can. That truly helps support this podcast. See you next time for All Things Vocal, the podcast for singers, speakers, vocal coaches, and studio producers.